Welcome back to What Makes You Tick. I'm Stephen Bradshaw and the reason I created this podcast is to help you find inspiration from the stories and experiences of others. What Makes You Tick is a vehicle for people to share their life's knowledge, their passions and experiences with you. I get energy and inspiration from talking to people and my goal through this platform is to help you learn from others and use this knowledge to inform your lives. Already, but within a nanosecond, my whole life changed. And I knew instantly, as soon as I hit the hoarding, bang, there was just a, like I said, you, you and me have both played, we were involved in big knocks, but there was like a stun and basically, I, I describe it as fire across the top of my shoulders, just from my left shoulder right across my body. And it just seared right down my chest and my back to my hips to the point where as I hit the hoarding and then came back, I landed on my bum. And as I landed on my bum, then that searing heat or fire came right down through my legs. Philip Caldwell is a big character with a big heart whose lust for life was tested back in July, 2020. Waking up the morning of the 13th of July, little did he know that his life, as he had come to know, would change forever. Philly severed his spinal cord and was faced with the biggest challenge of his life. He sits with me and opens up wholeheartedly about the accident, his mental state at the time, the power of friendship and how he found, through the knowledge of battling depression, he was able to find the courage to fight more than ever. Before you listen to this conversation, wherever you are, take a moment to look at your surroundings. Take a moment to appreciate whatever is good in your life and take a moment for yourself. We can get distracted by the hustle and bustle of life and before we know it, it's a week, a month, a year, it's all passed us by. So today I challenge you to take a moment to reset, refocus and appreciate what is in your life today because who knows what tomorrow has in store. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to What Makes You Tick. Um, this week, I have a fascinating character, not only on a rugby pitch, but off it as well. Uh, his name is Philip, Philly Caldwell. And myself and Philly go back years when uh, when I played rugby at underage. Philly was with Barn Hall and we used to play against each other many, many times in underage. And we happened to both play with St. Mary's. Uh, but Philip, fair play to you. Welcome to uh, What Makes You Tick. How have you been? I'm not too bad, and yourself, uh, Steve, I'm uh, kicking on. It's been, uh, as, as you say, when you're bringing me back through a couple of memories there of uh, battles on the pitch, both uh, against each other and, and with each other. So there were uh, definitely fun times. Well, but, I, uh, I could never catch you, you see. If we, if you ever um, ran straight at me, I, I maybe had a chance, uh, <laughs> but well, you were too quick the, for me. Uh, the, uh, the nickname uh, was Flipper, still yeah. is Flipper. And as the song goes, faster than lightning, nothing <laughs> you see is faster than he. So I tried to live up to it for a little while. But uh, yeah, in, in the last few years now, the uh, the wheels just haven't been as quick. But uh, yeah, yeah. Still, yeah. still, uh, still, well, still loving you, you know what? It's, it's, it's brilliant to have you on board. I think um, uh, for people who don't know uh, the reason I asked to bring Philip on board or Flipper on board or Philly on board or whatever we want to call him today but uh, the reason I asked uh, Philly to come on board is uh, to basically share with me some recent experiences that he's had and not many people will know this and I won't I won't get into it let Philly you can tell the story but um, I think what has inspired me and what makes you tick is all about people who inspire me or motivate me or get me to kind of look at myself in different ways and I think from conversations with people who do things like that uh this platform allows others to listen and eavesdrop on the chat to take i suppose nuggets of inspiration for themselves to apply to their own lives right so i think it will probably be good to start at i suppose what happened to you recently start at the start you 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 suffered from um a bit of a setback there roughly eight or nine months ago and maybe you might describe what what's happened or what happened yeah well as you said it was a life-changing day um 
uh, for me, uh, basically, I was like everybody just going through my COVID and uh, looking for uh, an, an outlet to just get out and get that bit of exercise and bit of communication with others. So I was uh, called to arms by an old rugby coach who asked me to go down and play an over 35s uh, rugby match. Um, tag rugby, uh, ironically, because I've played contact since I've been 10. But this was just a bit of tag, bit of a bit of a run around, as I said, a, a chance to meet some older friends. Like, like our our era, I'd actually say, Steve. It, it, <laughs> Thank it you. Quite the younger twenty year olds running around, but um, we still yeah, thought we could know, do it, though, right? <laughs> exactly. That's and, and uh, I was thinking I'm the hired in wheels for this night, so I was like, yeah, gunning for it, you know. So uh, yeah, arrived down, uh, met a couple of the guys as. Um, Fate would have it, Lansdowne Rugby Club, the Lansdowne Legends were playing on the pitch opposite me. And uh, so I, I kind of looked at a few of the faces and, and there was a bit of a pep in my step thinking, Jesus, lads, I didn't get the call for that uh, pitch, you know. And uh, so I was with uh, Taryn Yor, who Ian Morgan was the, the captain of the team. So like I said, uh, got to know the guys for a couple of minutes before the game started. And again, uh, faithfully, the last pair of tags were thrown to me. So I just... Threw on my tags, um, jogged out, and like I said, I look across. The guys were playing. I thought, ah, I'll show these boys over here what what they're missing, type thing. You know, I just I was kind of thinking, oh, I want to get on the ball and just get into this game. And literally, I'd say the game was about sixty seconds old. The ball was fed to me. A couple of little jigs, passed the ball to someone, received it back, and then just went by a guy in full tilt to get to the uh, to the try line and scored the try. So we went one nil up. And literally nanoseconds after that, looked up and there was a hoarding coming towards me and there was just no no way to stop before I uh, completely just collided head first with the uh, with, with the hoarding. And when I, I've used nanosecond already, but within a nanosecond, my whole life changed. And I knew instantly, as soon as I hit the hoarding, bang, there was just a... Like you said, you and me have both played. We'll be involved in big knocks, but there was like a stun, and basically, I, I describe it as fire across the top of my shoulders, just from my left shoulder right across my body, and it just seared right down my chest and my back to my hips, to the point where, as I hit the hoarding and then came back, I landed on my bum, and as I landed on my bum, then that searing heat or fire came right down through my legs. And I had a half a second to make a decision, you know, because I knew this was serious, but I'm completely coherent for all. Do I stand up or do I lie down? And I said, just lie down. So I lay back and as my head hit the ground, my feet just from, 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 from that hip right down to my toes, I knew I was lying, but my, my feet felt like they just elevated up into the sky. And then I'm just like, oh my God, I can't feel anything. And that's that was probably the the scariest moment in it, um, knowing that I was very coherent, very too, like there was no you know I wasn't concussed, I wasn't out, or I wasn't I was just like well maybe I was slightly concussed, but I was very much back in that moment thinking oh my god this this is this is life changing. I'm going to use the word life change. I knew instantly. I can't feel my legs, and I was screaming out, and I actually I called out I, again. Uh, on the fateful night, a lot of things went my way. There was a college of surgeons were playing against Lansdowne. So there was a couple of doctors on there and they made phone calls straight away. They were at me and for 30 minutes we were at pitch side and they just hold me in the right position, talking away to me. And that was all fine. But um, basically they, I, I got fast track to go straight to the matter, which is the number one spinal uh, unit in the country. Uh uh, and I know as you've had one of your one of your mates was on and, and he was there as well in 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 the uh yeah, Ferg. yeah yeah exactly so uh um yeah so, so, so tell me so tell me when when you when you hit the ground and you felt like your legs were elevating up what happened next oh, i mean i'm getting a little bit emotional here but um it was uh no, it was a feeling, no, no, not my legs, anything but my legs. And that was just, as you say, we, we, we inched up here with a bit of a slag and yeah. Philly being fast, Philly being quick. And that all went through my head, not my legs, anything but my legs, which is, 
it's funny in in hindsight it's not that big a deal it, it along this journey i've met some amazing people and we'll get into that but along this journey at that moment in time my legs seemed like the most important thing to me because that's what i associated myself with in sport and stuff like that and been able to do things you know uh, i i heard your your friend saying as well he he thought about you know would he be able to walk his daughter up the aisle and his daughter was only seven? Like those type of weird things go through your head. I'm thinking to myself, and it's funny because I, I give one small uh, anecdote. I always thought, when will the pace go? So, you know, I, I have this, of you know, will I get a bit slower? And yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all my whole life has been, well, when will I retire? You know, when, when I go around a guy and I can't, and somebody hauls me in, you know, and, and <laughs> yeah. catches up with me. And then the lads are all slagging me because I'm often that I'm quick. I used to think, when will that go? And for me, bang, it happened in a day. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. uh, that, yeah. that was kind of ironic. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I, that, that was my initial thinking, just, oh, this is, this is serious. Um, but I, uh, again, I had a coping mechanism. I was only, I've started writing a little bit about um, what's gone on. I've, like I said, I've got a laptop now. And as I said to you, my hands have been, I did the C5 joint of, of my spinal so i didn't i didn't have a, a, a rupture i had to bleed into my spinal cord okay. which again is why i was extremely lucky because the care that i got and basically the attention i got which put me straight into the, the matter within three hours they were pumping me full of the highest powered steroids to stop this bleed into my neck now had i gone to tala or somewhere else and then had to Every single the, the way the brain works, your brain sends a message down to your spinal cord, and then your spinal cord fires off an electric pulse to whatever part of your body you want to move. Yeah. And while this bleed is going into your spinal cord, you're you're just thousands of wires and you're blocking these signals, you know. So the quicker you can get that bleed to stop, the quicker you can see the damage and look to, which is where I am now, try and repair all those connections so all okay. those connections have been damaged on the day you have to retrain yourself to try and get them to function back to where they were and for yeah, me yeah as i'm talking to you now i'm sort of holding my hands my hands are the most affected part of where my injury was so they're the last thing to sort of come back so i have to work really hard like fine motor neuron that's why typing and stuff like that is it takes me a long time but it's very important to to keep because the, the message is there's no reason well you don't know you, you know up to about 18 months you can get recovery back but with hard hard work you can retrain them and there's no doubt, doubt about it the more repetition you, you can definitely retrain parts of this like I've gone from not being able to even like even a flicker of my of, of my index finger and Whoa, that story. So I'm uh, again. I'm jumping around a bit here, but there's a there's a lot. There's a, quite a there's bit a to lot, tell. In there's in, a lot in, to in, tell, in you know. Yeah, but yeah. tell tell it whatever way it comes natural yeah. to you. Yeah. So I, I suppose so. When I was lying in the bed, so basically, like I said, we we had a week of heavy drugs, and um, you know that that sends you a little bit delirious and stuff like that. So that another thing I have to say, <laughs> like what a staff the the matter hospital what those people do the the nurses in there they they make an extremely abnormal not normal situation feel as normal as it can so if i can stress you well, I, i'm lying in that bed now and my only way of contacting is to blow on a on a on a, on a what would you call it a sort of like a light i'd have to blow with my mouth to send off a sensor and that would bring the nurse into me so you're lying there's a long time to think about what's going on um but they come in and they tend to your absolute every need and they don't make it like they are they're an extension of you for that period you know and and, and i had i had great uh connection with them because i um my girlfriend was very quick to get me up on uh, learning how to use Hey Siri and stuff like that. So I could talk. So I'd make connections. Like there was a couple of Indian nurses and they'd come in to give me my morning wash. And uh, we'd put on Indian music, you know, because she's got a long, hard day. And I, but I'd kind of, the essence of me came out. I wanted to get to know, to you know, because <laughs> I felt they were really on this journey with me, um, especially when I couldn't do anything. And there was a lady that would come in and, 
once a week she'd sort of give you um sort of like she'd bring in or I had some creams and she'd bring in a give you a, like a, a head massage and 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 exfoliate your skin and and stuff just just things that would really pep you up for that time you just felt fresh you felt a bit more normal and that is just that's a small part of your recovery but it's such a big part of getting in the right headspace to be able to tackle what you're going to have to tackle so I'm so it took me you know you've got the first week where I'm told I just got to breathe and I'm in HDU um, and I've got to breathe to help get oxygenated blood down to my body to help repair this so what does HDU mean uh, sorry the high dependency unit okay so I was I was in the high dependency unit where they're monitoring you like literally every 20 minutes somebody's in just to check your vitals and all that sort of stuff and and we're trying to get but here's where the the rugby came into me I, I treated it like a game this was like there's like a challenge to try and make the team like the, the numbers had to be at this level. And I was told, and it's, it's weird because you, I tuned in to like, I'm sure everybody deals with it differently. I tuned in to what the docs were saying. I wanted to know, all right, okay. Oxygenate blood, right. How is this process? And, yeah. and they were only too happy just to fill you. Now towards the end of it, they're trying to tell you to calm down. And I, I had to take sleeping tablets to knock yeah, me out. Yeah. You can only... But it, it, but it's, it's interesting, isn't it? How, your attitude had defaulted back into the type of attitude you would have had, say, if you were training or if you were putting up, if you were up against an obstacle, right? But I'm sure there were moments at the start where it was like, holy fuck. Yeah. What the hell yeah, is going to, no, how, how, no, how am I, I going to get through this? How did, how did you, how did you kind of nearly take stock of what had happened and then aim to formulate a plan to move forward. Okay, so I'll answer that firstly. One of the biggest things I've learned in the last eight months, it's like a, a coin. You can, look at, you can look at a coin. You can look at the heads or the tails. Of you. We can look at any single situation anyway. Whatever we decide to focus our mind on, is what you're going to get out of it is 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 your perception of of that scenario that you are in so for me my i i sat down with a good mate of mine steve mcgyver came in after about a week when i sort of settled down and i now look at reframing things so how i reframed this was it was the biggest challenge i'd ever been set but i framed it as a physical challenge so I said to myself, this is a physical challenge. And I said, uh, you are physically strong. You're physically in good shape. So let's just set this up and do whatever we can physically. You know, so the, the mental aspect was a, another part to sort of deal with. But what can I do physically? So what does that mean? That meant that when the physiotherapist came into my room, and, you know, they're doing a couple of sessions with me. I was 110% in on. I, I started giving them names. I said, uh, you're my Johnny Sexton. You're coming in. We're, we're going to do this. And, and they bought into that. They bought Lovely. into that. I bought back into it. I'm sure they were laughing at me thinking your man's half tapped. But they bought into it. And, like, uh, I remember, um, sorry, I remember okay, uh, having okay. to give... Uh, to do 10 reps or something I'm screaming this one's for a lad I played rugby with let's say it was Andy and this one's for Vinio you know whatever I have to do to ah get it out and this was only lifting my arm or or, or, or making a twitch and lifting but they, they saw and they saw in me that I, I was coming to work and you know uh, and we just fed off each other like I, I'll tell you I was three months in the manor before I went to what I call the NRH is like the Leinster Academy. If, okay. if you get me, it's it's yeah. it's completely bona fide. They they break it down into your, yeah. your specialized physiotherapists, and the physiotherapists were brilliant in the in uh, the matter as well. But there's only so much they can do with you at the beginning. You know, you, you have to repair a little bit before you can really get to nuts and bolts. So before I left the matter, I had started to take now. Their, their edges I'd started to take my first steps 
Now I remember, wow. I remember like wow, it, like it actually it was only it was only like four or five steps. But I I look at them now, and that kind of inspired just. But it was solely driven to that, you know. And and I was very lucky. I've said this to you as well. There was a huge outpour from my family community, from the town that I live in, from everyone I've ever played rugby with. Um, they all just came out. So I said to you, it was kind of surreal, but it was a little bit like being at your own wake. These people were sending me, I actually have to stop doing the WhatsApp because remember, I couldn't respond. So all these messages were coming into WhatsApp and I'd ask, I'd, I'd had a tough uh, training session um, or a session in, in, in the bed and basically then I'd see these messages and I want to respond them to let them know I'm, I'm doing so well. And, and at that point, when I say I'm doing so well, I was making such small movements, but it, they were huge. These movements that we're, we're making were like, you know, that, that twitch of the index finger. Well, if you can twitch that one, you can, you can make a fist out of it. Do you know what I mean? So there were, it was really, and that's where I've learned so much as in what you need to do to get to an end goal requires can require 1000 steps now i'm not where i'm not great i'm not great at mapping out the 1000 steps but i'm very good at being all in for whatever task i've been told to do so i put a, a lot of my faith just in whatever i've been told to do i'm going to give it 110% and i i was i was been asked to do you know before the next session <laughs> have a couple of these reps done and I was getting through it and then they'd come back and I was stronger than I was. And then we realized over the weekend, my best gains were coming on Mondays because they wouldn't let me do anything on Saturday, Sunday. So rest, as you know yourself, yeah. was a huge part of the recovery. recovery. Wow. So it's, yeah. you know, it, there's, yeah, there's a lot in that though. There's, I mean, like when I look back, what, I was only saying this to you, the, the growth, I've grown more in the last eight or nine months and we'll delve a bit further into it. But like when I look back, so if you were to ask me, what's the biggest thing you probably maybe learnt regardless of what you've done to date so far? And I would say it's to do with time. So I was always go, 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 go. Yeah, I was, whatever I'm doing. Whereas this injury, I can't be like, I can't leave here. If I leave the house and I forget my jacket, it takes me time to walk back towards that or if it rains. So now I have to prepare at a slower pace for what I'm going to do during a day and map things out. And that's making me, see the world from a slightly different perspective so i still bring the same drive to a lot of what i do and I've, I've also learned that i'm very passionate about whatever i take on you know and that's part of you know what people would have said about me i haven't played in a good few clubs he jesus he never shuts up he's nappy he's this that but i've learned that i'm passionate about what i do and i want to actually add that value with that passion yeah yeah i love that i think um a phrase that that you kind of touched on a little bit there is 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 like with every challenge comes opportunity right and as skyver said to you uh the week after like see this opportunity see this challenge as an opportunity and mm. we spoke last week and one of the things that um you had said to me which i thought was fascinating it's actually given me kind of chills now is that um maybe tell the tell a story of of you and your mom there in Dunleary uh, a week or so ago uh yeah. where you where you're sitting down together if you wouldn't mind telling that yeah, uh, because yeah, that kind of frames was... uh, kind of frames i suppose the mindset you're in and also the kind of a reflection on the journey that you're on and yeah yeah so i was back i was back for um a session in the nrh and um that's it's actually that's another beautiful part about this. Um, I'm, I've got to spend it that day. I've got three sessions, and I spend those three sessions with my mom. So it's kind of our day. We go out. We you know I have a physio session, and then I, I I'm over to I do a bit of shopping in, in Glass Two, and then I've got a, a session generally in the NRH. But we were sat down. It was a lovely sunny day, and there's people are starting COVID lifting a little bit, and people are looking out. They're walking up and down the pier. 
And my mom was asking me, she was saying to me, you're doing great. Cause I, I went quiet and I'm not usually quiet, you know? And she said, uh, you're doing great. And she was trying to, you know, thinking that maybe she needed to pep me up a bit, you know, because I'm, cause I can't do some of the things that I used to be able to do, you know? So I, I can't sprint the hundred meters and whatever. I can't jive now, but this slowing of the pace has got me to look things differently. I just turned around, looked at dead square and the eye says, I think I'm as happy as I've been in the last 10 years. Right now, in this moment of time, you know, I'm growing each week. This is a tough challenge, and it is. And, I, and I've said this to you before. We, we talked a little bit about a, a mental health piece of it. Mm-hmm. I had a bit of a thing at the start in where I felt like, or I was going about it saying, I'm always good. I'm upbeat, I'm whatever. Which, for the majority of the time, given this, injury i have been upbeat but only because people have helped me frame it in the right way i've had unbelievable support from everybody and i've had a good outlook on it but i'm also allowed to have a bad day or or a bad hour or whatever it was and i think my mom thought i was having one of these bad little spirits i said no i said sunshine i said look at us so we're out we're connecting together with each other and i'm actually i'm not going to get back to the hundred percent of the person i was but I said to her, and she just smiled. But I said, "I'm thinking I'm going to be a better person than I was." Brilliant. And that's, yeah. So when you when you talk about the growth uh, piece of it, I mean, I think that's incumbent on all of us now. The, it, my one of the lessons I'd love to just get across to people is: don't be. It shouldn't take. In, I'm I'm a little bit annoyed at myself in that it's taken this injury for me to gain just this perspective yeah so why did it have to take for for me to actually start to open up and look and because all of these things I would have been able to change you know I'd have been still in the job I was in but I could have taken a little bit of time to look to to slow things down to get a little bit more organized to look at what can I do in you know people talk about the the 1% a day, if you can just add a little bit on each time, and it doesn't have to be, but over the course of a year, those small little changes can make a big difference. So that's what I say, it's it's hard. And for me, that's hard because I'm not as good, as I said, at mapping it out. You know, yeah. I'm not as good at, I'm good at giving effort, but not as good at mapping it out. But to so your point about- yourself with those people. But to your point about the 1%, you're living proof that the 1% a day actually helps you get to where you are because your 1% was shaking that finger, you know, was moving that toe or was lifting that arm. And you were doing those 1% every day to, to the point where eight months later, you're now in a position where I love on your, um, your Instagram on the Philly Caldwell trust Instagram, everybody needs to get onto that. Um, you, you're doing a hopscotch, right? Yeah. And, for me, I thought like number one, like that brought me back to my childhood, right? But mm. also, it also made me kind of take for granted that I have what I have. And I was looking at you, and I was real proud of you from a friend side of things to look at you, and go fuck it, fair play to him. He's fucking appreciating the things that we take for granted now. He's doing mm. things that he probably would have never done uh, mm. a year or so ago. You know? Yeah. Um, no, it, what was that moment like? Yeah, and that's just you know the best part of it. If anyone does get to see that, the best part for me of that is at the very end of it, the last sort of clip of it, where I'm like, you know, I'm like that five year old kid because it, and I'm just high five and to go, look at me, I just did it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and and uh, so again, I've been afforded a little bit of time as a result of this injury, you know. So I've been, you know, you can only do rehab for so much during the day. I've got eighteen months to get this as as far right as I can. So I've been listening to quite a few podcasts. Your, your, yourself is a great podcast, uh, but a few few other ones, uh, a high performance uh, ones that I would sort of relate to. Um, and Johnny Wilkinson uh, was on. Oh, He's a very intense brilliant. man. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Very intense man. But if I could give you that, the one, so we talk about in the future, if you're future minded, that can lead to anxiety. If you're thinking about the future. And I did it today. I, I, I hoped that today would flow as well as it was going to flow between the two of us. 
but there was a little bit of anxiety in to me there, which is good. But there was a little bit of anxiety there in me thinking, oh, what if you stumble or you don't come across or you're, or, or you're lost for words? So here's what I'll say. That's the anxiety. And then when you when you if you're looking back, then, you, you know, when you're looking back and stuff, you can be dwelling on stuff. But what he tried live in the present moment. So what does that mean? Like, Because I've heard this for 15 years. What does living in the present moment mean? And for Johnny Sexton, or sorry, Johnny uh, Wilkinson, he calls it being all in in every moment. So just if, if you can engage in whatever it is you're doing, that's you in the present moment. Right now, I'm in the present with talking with Steve and I'm enjoying that. And I'm not thinking about, I did at the very start, I think, oh, where are we going to go? I'm not, I'm actually in the present of living that moment. And then there was a great one from uh, one of his good mates, is uh, Clive Woodward, who says, you never lose. You either win or you learn. Mm-hmm. So, so here's one for you. Even if I fell flat on my snot tonight and I was brutal and, and you had to save me 15, 20 times, which would probably never happen because I never shut up, as your listeners can see. Now. Uh, but, uh, but even if that was the case, I, if I'm big enough and man enough to go back and review it and sit down with you, I would learn from what I did well. I could have laid in the bed and felt sorry for myself and said, oh, I'll never run again. I'll never swing a club. I'll never do anything. And if that was the case, I like to think that hopefully people might have tried to help me out of that. But that is a choice that you have. And, and I, I said to you, my heroes, like I've, I've, come, I've come back pretty good out of this. In fact, I've, I've, I fucking won the lotto, dude. Uh, with, with everything that's happened to me, it's been, it's like, I gave a talk, a small talk um, with, with the school uh, and class eight-year-olds and they're talking about, they're trying to learn about a growth mindset. These, these kids are amazing. And uh, they were discussing everything I've gone. They've been following my story. They sent me some postcards over Christmas, which was amazing. But they asked what, a couple of questions. And at the very end, a little girl called Lily asked me, do you believe this happened to you for a reason? And uh, for that to come for a for it to have the insight to, to sort of think that, but that just stopped me in my tracks. And there's now I'm starting to think, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe you know, what's for you won't pass you by and all these sort of things but it's caused me to have uh, a harder look at myself because we said we might go here and I I was saying to you that people have sort of said to me uh, geez Phil um, you're you're taking this in your stride oh my god your positivity uh, the way you're looking at it it's it's an inspiration and but what not everybody knows is a couple of years ago, I had a, I had a really bad, uh, I'm all, I've always been outgoing, as you, as you would know. Um, I've always been upbeat. But uh, I had about a seven-month bout with depression um, where I, you know, I was changed job. I was due to be married and it didn't happen. Um, and I, I really struggled. And during, and as I said to you, um, depression doesn't get solved in a week no matter how many times you want to change your perspective and stuff like that, I believe that depression uh, and from, you know, from speaking with psychiatrists and stuff like that, a lot of it you have to live with. You you have to live through, accept it, live through it, make certain changes to eventually get through this sea of darkness that you had. Like I, I had a point where for a guy who was so, and that was almost harder for my family to view for a guy who's always up, always go get him, just doesn't have a drive, doesn't seem to have the energy to get out of this. So when this incident happened to me, I was able to draw on that as well. Do you know what I mean? So that's what I would say for for people who are sort of listening in, nobody gets it easy. Well, a few people do, but, but, and, and, some of them we we don't even know about. God only knows what demons there may be locking up in their closet. But if you get to, you know, into your mid-20s, late 30s, nobody gets out unscathed, I believe. So the next thing I would say from that is people said, where did the strength come from for me to do it? And when I look back on it now, it came from life experience. 
and being able to draw on stuff that went bad and use that to say, well, the sun will come up tomorrow. That's another one I love. No, nothing stays the same, Steve. No matter what happened, nothing will stay the same. They would have eventually had to move me out of the matter bed. Yeah. Had I not, you know, somebody else would have had to come in and take that slot. Yeah. If that was six or seven months down, that they, they would have had to, and I would, so nothing stays the same. So whether that be lashing rain or sunshine, and if you can focus on the fact that that sun will come up, okay, you're not feeling great at the moment, but it's not good. Nothing will stay the same. So you will, you'll have to evolve and you'll have to move on from that. And it, it's about using your tools, I think, to help get through that because it's weird for, for me to say that my that bout I had with depression was harder than what I'm currently going through because I'm going to be left, I'm going to live with this for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm but I'm I'm gonna choose, I'm going to choose to have the perspective that I have on it so that I can enjoy it. There's an absolute absolute um connection to your point earlier, which is with every challenge comes opportunity, right? Mm. And with every time you're down, you get an opportunity to learn and to grow. And it was through those tools that you had when you were down to learn and to grow that those tools became your kind of arsenal of how to approach what you're going through now. Like for, for me, listening to you, Philly, I think there's a great awareness and self-awareness that you have now that you may never have had before. 100%. especially being able to say, do you know what? I'm having a fucking bad day here. So back off, leave me alone. I'll be grand. I'll chat to you tomorrow. Or do you know what? I'm having a bad day. Can, can we talk and mm. ask for help because there's strength in that, right? It's funny you say that because when that was said to me, out of this challenge is going to come an opportunity. I was lay, I was laying in a bed, couldn't move from my chest down and I couldn't see it. I, I couldn't see it. I, I actually thought, why did he say that? I don't know where he's going with that point. And now, nine months down the line, the opportunity. This is an opportunity tonight. I'm blessed to be allowed. This is therapeutic to, to to share my story. To to maybe, who knows who might contact me tonight or in the coming weeks. Messages, uh, moving into stuff. Philly would like you to speak here or. I've done this. Can I? I've I've also got a couple of mentorships set up. You know, somebody's going to help me a bit more with public speaking. So I'm not wrecking everyone's head when I'm hogging the the mic. No, but, but it's it's, it's what's great about a Philly though is the is the you you do bring energy, but there's a realness to it. You know, mm. um, and it and it kind of it kind of tends to lead on a little bit to to a, I suppose there's a, there's something that I wanted to touch on as well with you is that there the page that's been put together the philly caldwell trust right mm -hmm. there was a um, a massive push before christmas to fill aviva for philly right uh, yeah what did that mean to you and where did that kind of come from well there's, there's so many bits to that story but basically four guys and, and they've even said it got together who knew me and this is this is a, this is the essence of me i, I was only slagging uh, I, there's a bit of a saying once you've been fillied you're fillied for life um, so uh, we, we, were, we were having a laugh and a joke about that but what I'm saying is these were four different people from diff who I had met on the course of my travels who then ended up getting together one was a mate from college one's a school friend Andy Tallon who uh, um, basically played rugby with since under 21s and then Ian Morgan who was the the coach of the or the captain of the team that night was also my rugby coach at Barnhall and how they came together and managed to forge an idea that was able to touch so many different mediums of you know, whether it be on the radio whether it be your local communities uh, you know they, they they tapped up rugby clubs is there anybody in IT that may be able to get and, and people but it was a coming together of people for for something I mean one of the most professional things I've seen um for for how easy it was to set up for how but they they took up their time just to make sure right okay Philly Philly's going to be going at this gung-ho we know he's going to be going at this gung-ho 
we need to get together so that he can have the best team uh, possible. And because um, I was very fearful, I thought when the NRH when the NRH finishes, you get three months. That's how that's just how it rocks, you know. You get three months in there. That's your Leinster Academy bang five five sessions a day sometimes with pool aquatic physio uh, pilates and you you name it they 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 lamp it on for you to go and I was fearful that I'm doing so well here but what happens when I leave what happens when I leave what am I going to do and uh, you know and and there was a lot of things like what am I not going to be able to do how am I going to have my independence to get around and for them to just say don't worry about that. We got that. We've got that end of a cupboard. You just keep doing what you're doing. And I didn't have to worry about. And to this day, they, they're all still, well, everybody who, who donated, but I've been afforded the opportunity to get back as close as I can to 100%. As close as I can to 100%. And that never, ever leaves me. When I'm like, this, I'm, I'm being worked hard in some of these sessions. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. When I'm thinking about giving up or I'm thinking about go, I'm going to that person donated 10 euros of their hard-earned cash for you to you fucking book up and do whatever it is you need to do. But it's gone beyond me now. Yeah. I'm also looking further into the future to say, I'll be at the foot of the bed when some poor person is left with the scenario that I've been left with. Yeah. And I'll be able to say to him, because of this Philly Caldwell Trust, listen, dude, this is how it's going to map out. And there'll be, there'll be funds help set aside there for you to get through it and to work to the best that you can do to, to get on with life. So could you explain that a little bit more, just what the, the objective now of the Philly Caldwell Trust is? Because you, you essentially filled Aviva, um, yeah, yeah. essentially, we, 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 and you we, sold... We a huge raising, but so I partnered up with the Irish Charitable Trust, the IRFU Charitable Trust as well. So they obviously had, you know, great agreement with, with everybody within the rugby communities as well. So... Since leaving, um, since leaving, I've basically had we myself and and Moggy have sat in because they were so impressed with how it was run. They were looking to see could is there learnings that they could do to help with future fundraisers. So Fantastic. we've partnered. We've partnered up with them, and um, when when that day comes, when that day comes, uh, and I'm you know because it, it will come eventually. There'll be a well done, Philly. You've, put the head down but you know the marginal gains are getting less and less and you've got to start thinking about getting back in and assimilating yourself back into your new normality of life um i will then look to be an avid uh, still an avid raiser of funds for for people with spinal cord injuries and look to work with the irish rugby charitable trust to make sure that whatever surplus funds are there are are, are helped to to get that person to where they need to get so that they can because it, it is tough to as I say winning the lotto there's other people who leave that NRH they've got family kids and, and a makeshift sort of job uh, to sort of get back you know they might get you know somebody helps them out you know they, they get up to something where they're not having to be as mobile for what it is but they're not given what I've been given which yeah. is 10 months to go out of physiotherapy and, and like to tell you, Steve, I'm due to post up something now on the Charitable Trust each week. It's more every two weeks, but I'm making huge gains. They're small, but they're so huge. Yeah. I mean, I was told I'd yeah. never run again. I was told Amazing. I'd never run again. That's, that's you know, because yeah. they're, they're that's real. That's the goal. They're, yeah, they're, that's it. They're, they're real in the NRH. They don't want to... And, and I loved them for that in a, in a way. I loved that they were honest up front and sort of said to you, listen, you got to knuckle down, do what you got to do, but don't be, you know, don't be building yourself up for a huge fall. But I am now making, you know, making very good strides. Good man. And I've spoken to a guy who had a similar injury to me and he says, I, yeah, I can jog about 10 meters. And then when I get to there, I, I really sort of struggle. And we had a very similar injury, but I'm, I've surpassed that now. And I've still got another 10 months to go. So it's, I, I, I try not to think too much about it because that can be a little bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like another goal of mine is to swing a golf club again. Um, to, and I, I, I firmly, which is weird. So, so here's one for you, but I haven't picked up a golf club. So, there, so, so there's, there's one for your listeners, right? So I am making huge gains and making shoulder turns and making hip turns and making 
but something in my psyche has been too afraid to pick up a golf club and get out there and swing it just yet. Why? And I've gone to, I, I kind of said, where, where do you think that, that where, where's that fear coming from? Because oh, I suppose that's why, because at the moment, say that again, sorry, say that again. I say it's the fear, it's the fear of not getting back to it. Like at the moment, I 100, I have these images, these visualization is huge in this. I have these images of me, and, and I, I had it. If you want to see me, we there, two of us, myself and the personal trainer, uh, an embrace, just hugging, fucking crying when I, when I kicked into like a run because. It just oh. felt, and I, I kind of switched off, thinking I'll never get that back, and and then it just, it just kicked in, and I was like, oh god, that's it. I, I managed to get my, my ties sort of going. Now I don't know how far we'll get onto that, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely making great strides. So in my head, it's almost as though if I could get back to swinging a golf club and playing, maybe I'll be okay with it. Because it is, it's a big thing to accept everything that's been taken away from you. Yeah. There's, there's been a lot. Yeah. And in my yeah. head, I'm like, oh, well, if, you know, because you can play golf off a handicap of 20 and still be competitive and get out there. But if I lose that, uh, that ability to, to compete and do that, that would be another thing I'll have to really, really look at. And at the moment, I have a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah, so I know. I think my brain doesn't want to pick up. I think you can't do it. And well, I, I think to your point earlier is like you're, it's one thing at a time. It's the one percent. Yes. So it's it's focusing on. It's not about climbing to the top of Everest now. It's about mm-hmm. taking the first step to get me on the way to put mm-hmm. me on the track. And like you've you've done so much in the last eight or nine months that to maintain that one percent uh, mind frame. You know, mm. and to remind yourself, mm. right, okay, one percent, one percent now today, one yeah, percent, yeah, yeah. and then eventually, then when you get to the point when you're confident and you're happy enough with uh, having having a cut, then you'll have a cut. But focus on the one percent for now. Mm. Um, here's a but here's a question though, for you. It is weird though how our brain protects us. I've I've thought a bit about this. That that's a I, I believe that that's a little protection thing in me. And, and it's, it, it's a demon I'm going to slay very soon. I'll, I'll be honest with you. you Good know, man. It's, it's a demon I'm going to slay very soon. But yeah, it, it is weird that... Um, and, and that's why I'd like your listeners to sort of know that because I think that's an innate thing in all people. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's an innate thing in all people. So, Philly, let me ask you something else. There's a theme that's coming across in your story so far, and that's a theme of uh, resilience. Um, is that something that resonates with you? Yeah, when, when you say it now, it does, because I'm a bit embarrassed. Not embarrassed, I'm actually proud now to say it. I have shown great resilience in uh, how I've dealt with the scenario but what I would like to stress is that the resilience, I believe, is in all of us. And it's about being able to pull that resilience out. So what does that mean? For me, that was getting the support network around me. So somebody said to me, you need to reframe this. This is the biggest challenge of your life. And you need to, you are physically strong. That was something I came up with. I'm physically strong. This is a physical challenge. And that led to the resilience that I had so every morning when I wake up when I was in the first three months in the matter and I was struggling a little bit to sort of get through I went I'm physically strong when the, when the physios come here bang so I showed that resilience but I believe I have that resilience because I have the right people in place to help me be the best version of me so at the moment that's my physiotherapist that's the hand guy I'm working with that's my family support me that's my girlfriend bringing me back down to earth when I'm talking crap but basically I have that inbuilt resilience in me because as I said earlier nobody gets out of this unscathed if you've lived for 35 years so I've drawn on experiences and that's what I believe a large portion of resilience is so listen like the the interesting thing is I'm taking from that is in in terms of resilience right it's it's actually 
um, while you're drawing on it, it's a choice that you've made, right? So it goes back to things that we spoke about before is like, everybody has a choice. Everybody has a choice to either get up in the morning and take on the day or um, stay in bed, right? You have a choice. And I think through through your choices that you've made, you've built up a level of resilience. Yes, you've had a great team around you, but at, at the end of the day, you're the person doing the job. You're the person doing the work. And with every action, you're callousing your mind, you're strengthening your, your, your body, you're building up that both mental and physical um, resilience framework in order to take on other challenges. And it's through those learnings then that whatever challenges come your way, you'll no doubt be able to knock them out of the park, as you say, because you're pulling from what you've learned in the past. I think it's fascinating. And what what advice would you give somebody who maybe feels that, do you know what? I don't have what it takes. Yeah. So I I believe that you're wrong. And it's a weird statement to say. So you don't know until you're in the heat of the battle. So I didn't know I was going to react like I did now. My friends and family say to me, and that, and that was kind of what lifted me up as well. I had these messages that came through from people saying, if anyone can beat this, it's you. And that that lifted me an inch, lifted me an inch. I read 150 of these messages. So I didn't believe that I was resilient. I believe, I, because it was, like I said, I'm not going to lie to you as well. And I'll be completely honest. I lay in that bed for a full week, just breathing. Nobody was allowed to come in and visit me. I think people came in for 30 minutes and your mind can go to an awful lot of places. Yeah. But it took yeah. a week of that. I, I, I came back as we were talking about earlier into the present moment, breathing, breathing, breathing. And then I changed my perspective and my perspective, the perspective I was, this is the biggest challenge you're ever going to face. And it's a physical challenge. You are physically strong. So that's what I would say. Go into your inner monologue, find out what you're good at, what are your strengths. And even if you don't feel you are, maybe you need to talk to somebody who is because it's just about getting this toolbox of what you need to do. So when somebody gave me that tool of, there's a perspective of this injury, you can sit there and lie in the bed and be sorry for yourself, or you can do the most you can do to try and get as good as you can get at the end of this 18 months. And I still don't even know what that is. Yeah. I don't know if that means still on that journey. Run, a, a, a 5K run. Maybe not. But I, I know for a fact, if I don't get up and go to all the sessions, there's no way I'll ever run a 5K run again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So there's yeah. small things like that. Just literally talk. To, people now, we're lucky now. 10 years ago, 10 years ago, you wouldn't have been able... 10 years ago, you would not have been able to have the discussion that we're having. 100%. You wouldn't have been able, people wouldn't have been as open with it. So like I said, when you say, if you're struggling a little bit, now this doesn't mean you just go branding around to anybody that you meet. Oh, I'm feeling this, that you find somebody in your circle of trust and maybe even in your, here's another beautiful thing in your circle of trust they may widen that trust to put you in touch with somebody who's even better qualified to talk. Yeah. You might have five people and out of that, they go, do you know what? For me, it was Stephen MacGyver. It was somebody that was able to, that's, if it hadn't been him, I also, I, I went away to New Zealand for two months and I was away on that trip with Brent Pope. He also was an unbelievable help for me at certain times. And we've discussed things and he's been brilliant to give me a different perspective. So what I'm saying to you is, even in, and th- so that's what I'm saying, don't give up in your core group. Yeah. Somebody knows somebody who can sit down and, ha- and in today's world, it's behind closed doors and you talk it out. Yeah. And bring out that resilience, yeah. Unreal. It leads me to a question, I suppose, is that, um, and I think from our from this conversation that people will have heard that it's like, it's it's probably obvious, but what's the difference between the Philly before versus the Philly now? Wow, great question. Well, I'll answer that as honestly as I can, and because I've had time to actually, that's a great question, because I've had time to actually think about that. What's the difference between the Philly before was all action and passionate 
about whatever he um, put his mind to. All action, passionate, go, whether that be the rugby or whatever job I was in. But he was very scared. And I'm only after realizing this now. He was very fearful. He, he craved people's um, acceptability, and which he got an awful lot of the time. Um, so that was a fear that was able to overcome. But now, uh, so I have, I have this, I, I don't know if I said it to you before, I have this kind of superpower I feel now. So it'll never get bad, as bad as it was when I couldn't move from the chest down. It'll never get that bad. So, Jimmy, you've heard that saying, fuck fear and do anyway. Like, so people, people might live with that thing, but I have this. So I'd never given a presentation in my entire life and I was 38 years of age. I'm a first class honours in economics from UCD. I've done back office, middle office and front office commodities trading. And I was too afraid of falling flat on my face because I'm known for being a bit of a talker that I never put myself out there to do that. Yeah, fear. Fear stopped me doing that. What if you make an absolute titty yourself? So, and people would say, public speaking, she never shut up. We can't get a word in edgeways. But that's the truth. I'd never spoken in a public forum unless it was my rugby team because it mattered so much to me and I was well able to rally around that or unless it's amongst my peers because I'd fight anything to the, to the death in any discussion. But I'd never physically sat in a forum like this, bore myself out and let myself be able to fail. So the big difference between then and now is that I, not only do I, nobody looks forward to the challenges, right? You still get that pit in your stomach, but I now learn to embrace that a little bit more embrace that that fear fear is good it, it's crippling i remember when i gave uh my second talk to a group of 40 uh, entrepreneurs and the buzz i got once i got into this flow state that i'm now here with you to the point where i've now realized that whatever i get involved in be at work needs to involve communication because communication is what I love to do. I love to communicate and people have to generally tell me to shut up, but that's what I love. I have a genuine passion for whatever it is I'm talking about. Yeah. And I'm now learning how to get that information and relay it to people. That's something I love to do. So the difference between Philly before and Philly now, he still has the passion. I was born with that passion for whatever I'm talking about. But I now am willing to put myself out there and challenge things. Now, I, I'm, a, I'm very much a procrastinator. I, I, I will sit back and think, you know, or put it off. So I'm, I have to learn how to tackle that as well. Like map it out. No, this is happening in two weeks and you need to do a, B, C, D, and E to get to there. So, yeah, yeah it's, the, um, it's yeah. interesting. I think procrastination, I think, is something that some people want to be better at but with it kind of brings out some of the best work in people as well because you know you have a deadline right so there's probably that yes. balance and there's a brilliant ted talk on procrastination i'll send it on to you but i'll put oh, it in the show man. notes yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll put it in the show notes as well but uh it's um yeah it's it's fascinating but i i think where 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 i think you you've hit the nail on the head is that you're now tackling the fear that you may never have tackled or had to tackle before because of circumstances, but also because people want to hear your story and people want to hear how you are. Because I think there's a lot of people within the rugby community and equally so those now who know you just through the injury who are genuinely interested in how Philly Caldwell is. How is Flipper doing? Is he okay? And Jesus, yeah, he's been through the mill, but he's taking it head on. You're facing everything with honesty, which I think is a testament to you. And I think from that then drives people um, desire to find out more, to have an interest in hearing the story more and getting into the detail. And then also that taking what you're saying and applying it to their lives. You know, yes, so that's the big piece. That's I, the big I, piece. Yeah. I love I love how you've been so open in this conversation. And I love the fact that you've you've shared things. I think with me that it's been brilliant to see the evolution of Philip Caldwell from, mm. from 
absolutely the lad who'd be on the rugby pitch barking at you, chirping at you, doing what a, a nine would do or doing what a, 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 a good teammate would do and thinking that everything was sorted, all right, from, a, from an outsider, right? Yeah. But I, I know myself how difficult that is to, to showcase a certain, certain level of happiness, whereas behind the scenes you're, you're, you're devastated, right? And mm. I, I can understand that. But now to see you now, like I'm listening to you and I'm going, fuck it, I'd love to have you in to the guys in work and talk to the guys in work and share that story and do more because they, they, with every conversation, a new thing will come from it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I'm learning. So that's, remember I said to you, I've been afforded things that other people don't have. So this is a very finite space for me. I will eventually be going back to some form of work. You know what I mean? Once this is all... So I now have the rehab and then, so I'm actually like that, that, that Johnny Wilkinson all in in every moment is something I must have, I've listened to that podcast two weeks ago. I must have said that in my rehab sessions about 20 times, because as you say, drifting off, not all in in every moment, bang, just brings me back, focused in on that. Yeah. So, but they're little mantras. I, I have a little notebook in um, in on my iPhone, and I just pull in mantras, good mantras that I've heard to go. You, some of them you'll use, some of them you won't. But there's there's, and that's more of your toolbox. Different I love that. Scenarios. I love yeah, that. I buy into that as well because I have these affirmations that I have that I say to myself every day, and I have them on on my phone there. So basically, yeah. I don't know if you can see that. Um, yeah. But basically what it is, is that I'm mentally and physically strong. I am unstoppable. I am kind. I am fearless. And these are things that I say to myself regularly just to kind of help me when I'm in, when I'm having that shitty moment or to remind me to be put back into the present. Um, And I think it leads on to the fact that you have these different affirmations and and mantras. If, If you had the opportunity to write a single message on a piece of paper that you could share with the world, what would that message be? Oh, that's profound. Yeah, um, it's not easy. I'm, 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 I, I barely slept for two nights leading up to that first presentation. Leading up to that first presentation, barely slept for two nights, thinking I wanted to pull out of it about fifteen times. And somebody just said to me, "Listen, we're going to have to crack it. Just trust me." Trust me, believe in me. So what I'd say to people is if I could leave one thing, it would be get out of your lane and that will hopefully get you to grow a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Get out of your lane and go for that. We're in our lane. We're just driving on that motorway. Get out of it and challenge yourself to see what it is. Because what I said to you, you never lose. If you can believe that mantra, you never lose. You either win or you learn. That they're the only two things. You never lose. You either win or you learn. And if, if you could, if you could actually look at it and think of it like that, it might just get you to open up something. And then when it does, the possibilities after that is like a snowball effect. If I had that one I'm rambling a little bit here, but if I had one message it would be to get out of your lane and just challenge that because you never lose. You either win and smash it or you learn from what you've done. I love that. I love that, Philly. I think um, you've really just, uh, you've tugged on a couple of emotional heartstrings here a little bit with me <laughs> in, in, in re- re- reminiscing on, on uh, times gone by, but also just, I think, it's helped me kind of reassess my own situation and it's helped me kind of reflect on where I'm going in my life and how I'm getting there and absolutely to, to, to pick up of the phone and say hello to whoever or to mm-hmm. let that person know that you love them and, yes. or, or, you know, just not wait for the perfect moment because there's no perfect moment, right? Yeah. There's always just that moment and you make that moment perfect in hindsight. So yeah, yeah. I, I think today, Philly, like I'd love I'd love us to stay in touch, obviously, and how your progression is going. And um, if people wanted to reach out to you directly, how could they get in touch, Philly? Well, it's the, the, the Philip, the Philip Caldwell Trust. Uh, we're, you know, we already have, already have a, a few amazing and I love that sort of interaction that we sort of have. There's, there's some great, you know, we've. 
I had my, uh, I have this, remember I said to my hands were the last thing to come back. So I have these, what we call bionic arms. And for one of the rugby matches, I had the bionic. So we, we have a little bit of fun with it and along a um, basically the progression of, of, of how I'm coming along. So for anybody and that Philip Caldwell Trust, there's a link still into it. Um, so like I said, any, any sort of donations, like I said, we're partnered up with the Irish Charitable Trust with rugby. So it's, uh, I am going to categorically make sure that, because uh, it's not a, it's, this isn't something that once I'm finished, I'm going to be leaving. I'm, I'm, there's been too many people have made too much of an impact. I've made a huge impact myself. I brought good focus um, and I'm trying to continue to do that. But there's been too many people that have sort of set me up to, and I have to say that again, the last point I'm, I'm making is, is it does not go, like I have been afforded an opportunity that not many get afforded at all, you know, for to, and it's not lost on me about how important, and, and, and like I said, there'll, there'll come a day when my, and that's a scary moment, when my focus will have to change. That, that is, that's something I'm a bit fearful of, getting what job will I end up getting back into? What will, and, but then, and then there's a part of me saying, no, if I could enjoy it, you know, who, exactly. the beauty of, of, exactly, of what Philly. I might not go down into. So, if the yeah, opportunities you're like, creating now is, 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 will, will, the job and stuff will look after itself down the road. Exactly. Like you, you gotta, you gotta, as you say, back to what Johnny Wilkins is saying, uh, all in in every moment. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's it. And like, keep saying that to yourself because your mind will, will, will wonder. But I think, for me, I think this has been just, this has been brilliant to catch up with you, first of all. Yeah, foremost. 100%. It's been really, yeah. really cool. It's been, it's nice to actually have a proper chat with you off the rugby pitch and not just shaking yeah. hands and stuff. But like, <laughs> well, I'm not like, napping at your legs. Or yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like it's, it's, it's gas because um, in my rugby group, I got a text message um, when, when your event happened and, and when the accident happened and when the Caldwell Trust was set up. And you can imagine the community within everybody was like, right, what do we do? How do we help? Everybody's in. And I think that spirit of sport has shone oh. through big time because there's an un, un, there's an unbreakable bond between people who've played sport, whether it's rugby, soccer, Gaelic, whatever it is. And I think everybody understands that when we're all in it, when one is in it, we're all in it. Mm. Um, and I just... I'll I'll do what I can to help you to share the story to push this to um hopefully yeah. get the millions and millions of followers out there to listen to it but yeah. whatever I can do to help you know just reach out as always and I I just no, hope I really that- appreciate that Stephen and I like I said I I'm loving the the work you're doing it's very insightful like because that's what I would say I'm learning from people every day just you know what I mean taking a bit of what they do and like I said. I, I'm a, I'm lucky again. I have the time to just take things in. Yeah. You know, I'm not worried about the the next meeting at two o'clock, the deadline that I have to get done. You know, my goals are I'm mapped out now. I'm I'm lucky. I'm it's mapped out now. It's hard bloody work, but it's mapped out what I need to do. You know, yeah. day in sort of day out. So yeah, there's keep there's, it up, man. Keep keep yeah, going. Brilliant. Keep hitting. Keep hitting the pavement every day. Keep fighting. And I look forward to seeing your progress. I look forward to actually having this another conversation with you beer. again. And, yeah. and we'll have, yeah, when we can get our opportunity to have a cheeky beer, we'll definitely have that. But let's get you back on board in the, in, in the future. We'll do this again and we'll uh, bring an update to how everything's going. But in the meantime, pal, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. All right. Cheers, Dave. Talk to them, buddy. Thank you all for listening. The key take from this conversation for me is to live every moment and focus on improving 1% each day. You can hear it in Philly's voice, his determination and desire to succeed is unquestionable. Follow Philly's progress on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook through the Philip Caldwell Trust. And if you want, you can also watch this interview on the What Makes You Tick YouTube channel. For now, thank you so much for listening. Stay up to date on all future episodes by hitting the subscribe option or if you want to find out more, visit whatmakesyoutick.net.